Hello and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen. YB is deep in the corporate world of South Korea. Too much has come up too quickly. Obviously, two two podcasts for a whole week is a lot to ask. But uh, if we did all the games that we were this weekend, we would have been here for two hours yesterday which I don't think anyone wanted to do. So we're back today. This will be a shorter episode uh, with me, my good friend Brock. As always, Brock, uh, congratulations on the most painful season of your adult life being over. That's... But, yeah. at, at least you don't have to worry about that anymore. It's kind of sad it's gone. It, it's sad the Panthers won't play for another six months. But at least you don't have to watch the Panthers play for six months. So, you know, shout out to you. Hope, 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 hope you can, uh, hope you can recover. Brock also yeah. has a full child with him. Yeah, who, I'm... who is uh, going to grab the mic at some point and make yeah. some noise. That's okay. Uh, that child is now the youngest uh, member of the Unzone podcast. Let me ask <laughs> you, Brock's child. How do you feel about your dad's interminable sadness uh, over his team? Do you think? Yeah, silence. Abject silence is what uh, I would also. No, I said to my, I said, you know, as soon as the game ended, you know, a nine to zero, just travesty of a football game. Um, but I said to my wife as soon as it was over, well, I don't have to think about the Panthers again until August of next year because I'm not going to be tuning in for the draft. You can bet. You, well, okay, I, I'm lying. I probably will tune in for the draft. But, but my point is, uh, it was a terrible season. Uh oh. It's okay. There are children, and children have uh, tendencies to need to do things. If you need to head out, Brock, it's all good. I. Uh, no, I, I, she, I she's a, she's all right. Um, okay. But what I was saying was, um, what I was saying was, at least, at least, um, it's over. It is definitely the worst. As you said, it was the worst uh, Panther season I have ever experienced. So we were, we were only going up from here. Okay, yeah, it, it was a it was a tough Panthers year. I'll, I'll save, you know, Broncos didn't do much better. I'll I'll save Broncos thoughts for a, a time a young child isn't present. I don't I don't I don't want I don't want to put that evil on your on your adorable, uh, on your adorable kid. So. Uh, Let's just get into the news of the day, which is Pete Carroll is out as Seahawks head coach. A very wild and uh, it, just a crazy story in general. Uh, were you shocked by this? Surprised? I mean, did, did you see this coming? Or I am shocked. Like feel? I haven't even had time to properly react because, like, you know, I've been I, you know I've been doing stuff all day. It happened like a couple hours ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I haven't had time to actually take in the details other than that he's retired, uh, yes. which I'm, I'm shocked by because, you know, the C, the Seahawks, like they were not a bad team. They, they actually completed, not completed, but they actually have underway one of the most, not the most, but one of like the more interesting, like, you know, rebuild jobs in recent memory, you know, so I, I would, I'm shocked by it. And I, I, I don't know. It's got to be because he's tired. And like, I, I don't know we're covering the NFL, but like, Nick Saban also retired today, which yeah. I'm also shocked by. So it's like crazy. I haven't dug into either, but I'm shocked by both. And I wonder if it's just, you know, they're both, you know, older gentlemen. I think they're both in their seventies. 
so, you know, are they just done? Are they just tired? Or I don't know. I think Pete Carroll's from listening to the press conference and listening to several other podcasts. I think it was a forced retirement. If we're being completely really? honest with each other, I, I, I think because he he Sunday in his postgame press conference said he planned on being back with the team. Okay. And within the span of 48 hours, that changed to he was stepping away for another role within the organization that wasn't made very clear in the press conference. I think the idea was what, what really happened was. Pete Carroll has been one of the best coaches in the NFL for a long time, but over the past six to seven years, the thing that made him truly quote unquote special as a head coach was his defensive prowess. And the Seattle defense just has not been a top half NFL defense for about six years now. And the rebuild that he he promised after the Legion of Boom just never really took and i i just feel like seattle viewed this as hey gino's contract is coming up in about a year they could get out of him going into next year it's a move that signals you know we are going to take the franchise in a different direction build through the draft this year maybe suck next year try to get a quarterback, get better. And I, I just, I feel like that's was the, the general plan for the Seahawks and what kind of triggered this move was they stayed very competitive. They had another winning season, but they, they weren't a playoff team this year. And no, that he's kind of a victim of his own success. Pete Carroll has been a playoff coach for, for most of his career and to miss the playoffs after so many years of, of getting there and having success within them, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it's the way it goes. And I, I feel like maybe he'll get a, a coaching job somewhere else. He didn't seem like he was really enthused to like go out and be a coach somewhere else. I, I do think that he'll stick around football. Uh, he, even in his press conference, he still sounded young at heart and, very jovial and you know enthusiastic and excited i wouldn't be shocked if we see him go into media that feels like it'd be a perfect fit the other thing is he, he talked about his love for the players and sticking around. i wouldn't be shocked if the league office has a role for him or if the players association goes after him because he talked about specifically i thought this was a very interesting part of his press conference he talked specifically about how he feels the league needs to treat players better, specifically post-retirement, and how mm. NFL players need more legacy care and more health care and a, a bunch of stuff that really made it seem to me like, huh, is he angling for a job in the Players Association, you know, working for them? That would make sense. But I, I think it also makes sense if, if somewhere is looking for like a football czar, almost like a guy that that'll over oversee, you know, be there to know help place. with input. Yeah, I in, know a place. Head coaching, yes. Carolina could um, could, yeah, could definitely I mean, use use a guy like that. 
it, it's weird because all the reporting last offseason when they traded Russell was it last offseason it was offseason before whenever they traded Russell Wilson the, all the conversation and the reporting was there was a power struggle and the or, and the Seahawks chose Pete Carroll over Russell Wilson like that was the way it was being reported so i mean that still could be true and they just decided you know you know you know they made another follow up decision to that which was hey listen Pete it's not working out um you know, I, I, it checks out to me. I mean, I think, I think the organizations that don't, that wait, it's better. I, I don't know if if you had to, t if you asked me, like, do you, would you rather pull the trigger early or late? I think I would err on the side of early. I don't know if you know, get, moving on. If if it was like the Seahawks forcing Carol out, so to speak, I don't hate it. Like you know, sometimes you just got to make a change if things aren't really going your way, but I didn't really think the Seahawks were on a bad trajectory, all things considered. Like, yeah, they didn't really have a quarterback and the defense wasn't really playing that well, but the vibes are good. I mean, the offense was playing well, even though they, they had Gino, they, they had a winning record last season and they'd had a winning record at least this season. Did they not? So I don't know. Um, I don't know if it makes it, I don't know if I, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't know if it, really makes a ton of sense especially with the there's just so many openings at the head coaching position this offseason um we're gonna add another one and i yeah i know you guys already talked about mike Vrabel, but i was surprised by that too so like i mean is it is this a record year for head coaching openings i haven't actually counted but it feels like it no i i think it's a, a normal amount we'll, we'll see with the the belichick stuff obviously i was really hoping that would break by now but I think we're we're still waiting some time as as far as that goes. I think he is, yeah. The Patriots are certainly, and Bill Belichick are certainly not on anyone's schedule. Um, I feel like it's a normal amount of job openings. I think I did yesterday. It was at seven, and today it's at eight. Usually, there's about. I feel eight. like that's on the high end. So let's see: Titans, Panthers. Chargers, Seahawks, Commanders. I think it's about eight. Who am I missing? Chargers, Seahawks, Panthers, Commanders. Oh, I'm forgetting about the NFC South. Um, surely the Saints. No, the Saints are going to fire. No, the Saints. Gone. Nope. The, the Falcons. Saints. That's who. That's who I'm. I'm missing the Falcons. I thought they would give Arthur Smith another year. I'll be completely honest. Yeah, I... Oh, you know why I thought that? Because um, Arthur Blank went on public broadcast uh, radio and said he was going to. <laughs> That's why I thought that. Yeah, I... I just... I can't with the Falcons as an organization right now, but that's a, you know, that's, that's a story for another day. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it is, it is a high number. You are right. You, last year it was fewer. Raiders. But it, last year it was fewer. But I, I do feel like we, we have an interesting amount of openings. Oh, for me, for the first time, really, unless, especially if Bill Belichick decides to officially retire and, and step away, it doesn't feel like there's other than Vrabel. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I, I just don't feel like there's a clear-cut, huge favorite of a candidate. 
if that makes sense. Um, I feel like of, of, of these head coaches that were let go. Yeah. I, I, I feel like there's no, like Ben Johnson, is he the hotshot coordinator? Everyone's I mean, after, yeah. like, it doesn't feel like a great hiring cycle is, is I think what I'm, I'm meaning so, to say. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the names I hear the most are Ben Johnson, Bobby Slovak, the Texans uh, yep. offensive coordinator. Um, Although I, I think Slovic could use another year, probably. I, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think, you know, before the last few games, Brian Johnson, the uh, OC of the, the Eagles, was getting some pop. That didn't make any sense even before that last stretch. That yeah, offense was I, never really great. I agree. And then, like, Ivero um, Idro. Uh, oh, yeah. Ivero Idro, yeah. Ivero Idro, yeah. The Panthers DC, who was the Broncos DC, I, I think – He's still getting some interest. Yeah, and the Panthers' defense was, you know, good. Like I want to say, oh, maybe good is too strong. They were not bad. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Not bad. Um, you always want to be not bad. Yeah. So and, and uh, so you know, I, I honestly, I'd love him to be a, the Panthers' head coach. I mean, what what are we doing here? So yeah, um, it feels like a high. Maybe it only feels weird. Uh, it only feels like a higher number because it's not just the really bad teams who have fired their head coaches. Is maybe why, like, although maybe it is. I don't know. It, it just feels different for some reason. Maybe it's because my team has fired their head coach. Uh, but I, I don't know. It just feels different this this off season for some reason. All right. Do you have any thoughts, other thoughts on general league happenings that are coaching, or uh, can we get into these, uh, into had, the the old playoffs here? I have one final thing about the Panthers. Okay. The one thing that I wanted to happen after Reich was fired is for the GM to also be fired. Not that I have anything. I have a few small things against the former Panthers GM, Scott Federer, but uh, I agree with the... Um, narrative that you should bring your GM and a head coach in together and let them build the, uh, the, uh, program, you know, hand in hand, cause they had the same vision. So uh, I was really worried they weren't going to do that. And they, they did fire Scott Federer a few days ago. Um, so, you know, I think that's a good thing. Hopefully Tepper will hire a football czar and, um, you know, drink less alcohol, uh, in the, uh, in the owner's box when he's uh, at the uh, visiting team. Absolutely. David Tupper was such an embarrassment this year. <laughs> and, uh, that is not the worst owner true. that has ever existed, but it wasn't, wasn't a good look. Close, close. I mean, the, the competition is strong. I don't think we can say it's close. <laughs> I mean, All historically. Right. Dan Snyder was an NFL owner, is, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> I guess, I guess that's true. But if the bar is Dan Snyder, I mean that is the bar. <laughs> like, and and you're like just outside that bar, but it's still pretty bad. But, but I mean, uh, throwing I throwing a drink on a fan or at, in the general vicinity of a fan, uh, you know, doesn't I don't know. It, it's, it's oh no uh, daniel snyder is certainly worse <laughs> i'm just saying that also probably bad to have an owner publicly throw oh, yeah. temper tantrums for sure at, definitely uh, i don't love it at team <laughs> like it's fine if you go behind this allow it'd be daniel snyder-esque if he went behind the scenes and threw 
a drink at some poor intern while he walked down yeah, the tunnel I mean, and if no we, one yeah. saw it. But, if, like, if we... it's almost worse to just throw it into an innocent group of people well, in okay. the stands if, if we're gonna who have paid it... lots of money. Right. If we're going to spin it positive, at least he did it in public, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, it would be worse, in my opinion, if it was something that was done right. privately and was tried to cover up. So, you know, you can chalk it up to passion in the moment, which, okay, if you want to spin it that way, fine. I don't certainly support it. I don't like it. So anyway. We spend way too much time on hopefully, it. Hopefully <laughs> Pepper will confine himself and in, 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 all, in all areas, not just his his uh, you know, interpersonal relationships with other fans, but also meddling in the football operations of my favorite football team. Absolutely. All right. Let's get to it. In order. The NFC playoff picture. I'll just save his Brock. I'm so hyped for the NFC wildcard round. All these games are going to be awesome. The AFC has a few stinkers. Like, we don't know if Chiefs Dolphins is going to be any good. Both offenses might be really terrible, and it might be a terrible defensive slugfest in the cold. Steelers Bills has potential to be very lopsided. What is the AFC doing that they let the Steelers yeah. secure a playoff spot? That is an embarrassment. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, the Jaguars, Brock, are are the answer. But the team that you, I hold the, the team whole of your hometown. I hold. I hold the whole conference responsible for this travesty. I hold. <laughs> I hold the Jaguars responsible. I mean, we can get into the you know where the larger share of the blame lies, but yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's almost it is... like I wonder who or what Mike Tomlin did to ensure. Because I thought for sure he would have a losing season this year, like six games in, six, or not six games in, like eight, ten games in. I thought, okay, this is the year. This is the year he's finally going to go negative. Not that I was rooting for it, but I just thought it would happen. Anyway. Okay. Packers. But I'm, I'm really excited also for the NFC uh, yes. side of this. I I am really rooting for the Lions. Like, I am I am really, like, the Lions are my playoff team for sure this Let's year. Let's start there. Let's start there. I wanted to go in order, but let's start there. Let's start with Lions, Rams. I mean, this Man, is big. This, this is big, but I feel like, boy, the Lions got pretty much the worst matchup they could possibly get um, because the one thing the Lions haven't done particularly well over the last month is stop the run game. And the one thing the Rams have done particularly well since about the middle of the season when this turnaround really started is hand the ball and run power football with Kyron Williams. Like, I I know the Dan Campbell MO is we want to beat you in the mouth, but guess what? That's kind of a Rams MO too. Like, this is... That's, to me, been the biggest surprise this year with the Rams is we think of it as, you know, all these flashy Cooper Cup and Hukunaku and a big-time passing offense. But but that run game has been the strength of the team for the past two months. And what we've seen historically is that teams with great running games are great within the – playoffs 
And, and I feel like the Rams have a really good shot here. I think this is going to be an extremely close game, but I feel like the Lions got a really tough matchup here. Uh, with I mean, a team that yeah. is going to be able to expose their weaknesses. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know, other than like if they played the Bucks or the Packers, I don't know if there's a better matchup in the uh, NFC right now. Um, that Those would be the only other two teams. But like, yeah, I think this is a coin flip game. I think I'd give the edge to the Lions. Um, they're at home, right? Yes. Yeah, so I mean, they're at home. But again, Matt Stafford's played in that building like a lot. So, you know, I don't know if the home field maybe I mean definitely a whole like that crowd's gonna be loud. Like when's the last time they hosted a playoff game? I mean, what was I alive? I don't know. Uh <laughs> how long ago was that? Like that that crowd is gonna be insane, I feel. Um plus Matt Stafford's coming back. You know, they they've been on this journey for the last few years to get to this point host a playoff game to be the winners of their division um i give the edge to the lions but i do think this is going to be a, a good game a close game for sure i'm interested to see how matthew stafford plays i feel like he's kind of been an unsung hero this year uh, and and a year that has kind of flown under the radar for him but that has been really 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 solid i mean almost you know almost four thousand yards this year 24 touchdowns 11 interceptions it it started a little bit slow but man like he he played his best football down the stretch and you hope cooper cups healthy for this game he's been dealing with a hamstring for the past few weeks but I like I like this Rams offense that is suddenly rebuilt with Puka Nakua, who announced yeah. himself as an absolute star wide receiver this year. And oh, on the other side, the Lions have this great offensive line. And sure, you know, the Rams defense might not be what it once was, but they still have Aaron Donald. And he's still a problem. Yeah, and I, I think, think and I and I think that is where this game could really get flipped because I mean they 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 had some very young and good pass rushers on this team, including the guy playing next to Aaron Donald and Kobe Turner, who had more sacks than Donald this year. Actually, this has kind of been a down year for Donald, but they they've got some dudes. Byron Young has been a revelation at edge. They've they have a really tough pass rush, and I, I think that could be a huge turning point here. Yeah, but I, I do think also the Lions' offensive line have played pretty good this year, so I think it's going to be a good matchup. The last time the Lions hosted a playoff game was 1994. Obviously, they've been in the playoffs since then, but the last time they hosted one was 1994. That's crazy. That's a long um, time ago. I mean, I'm pretty sure Barry ago. Sanders played in that game. Like, I'm I'm willing to bet that Barry Sanders was still on the Lions when that game was played. Um, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a great. I'm definitely going to watch this. Like I said, I'm rooting for the Lions. Um, this this is definitely worthy of being the Sunday night game. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I I think it's you know 
it's a really solid way to close out the the uh the big weekend slate and and the and the rams deserve to be in this game too like they're one of the biggest surprises of the season they nobody gave them a shot to start the season to even have a winning record and here they are you know 10 and 7 playing in the in the wild card uh you know they definitely deserve to be there i do feel like we have to talk about the lions though this this is still a 12 win lion team Aiden Hutchinson is coming off his best two-game stretch of the year. He looked absolutely dominant in that Week 18 game. His alma mater just won the, yeah, the, the national championship. So the, the big, big problem. Got the winning here, vibes. Big problem here. Sam Laporta with a tough bone bruise in his knee. No one really knows his status right now. I'll be shocked if he plays. He'll play. But they they have some other guys here too. I mean. They have four guys that scored ten touchdowns this year. Yeah, that's no, I... that 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 is the sign of a team that has weapons and that can keep up. And I think both of us here are picking the Rams. I want us to pick all these games. I'm picking with the scores by the way, so think about it. But okay, man, the, the Lions have the Lions have a real shot here. I I I think. It it does come down to how well can Jared Goff play in this game, and uh, you know he he has had some bumps down the last stretch of a regular season, but he played well in Week 18. It, it's just a matter of hey, can he keep it up, and can he play well? And I, I just feel I feel very in, I, I'm very interested to see how that that ends up going. Yep, so you're gonna pick it. Yeah. I think it's very tight. I I do like the Lions. You you know me, bro. You've been on this podcast with me all year, dude. I've been high on the Lions. I I, I thought they'd finish with as a top two seed potentially. I really did think they could get there, but they they stumbled a little bit along the way. This is a new Lions team. I know that. I get that. It's Dan Campbell. It's a new era. But man, they've just got such a history of heartbreak that the storyline's trapping me here. Like, if it was anyone else, I'd pick the Lions. But Matthew Stafford coming back, the officiating the way it's been this year, I think this is a heartbreaker. I think it's close. I think it's... I I said this yesterday... I think the trend of low-scoring games is going to continue into the playoffs. I think there are maybe two matchups that have a chance to get high-scoring. I don't think this is one of them. I think the Rams end up getting the win. I think they win 27-24 to on the last-second field goal and just rip the hearts out of the Detroit Lions, unfortunately. I've I've seen the movie too many times before. I think uh, I think this is the year everything changes. I I got the Lions 31-28. I, I think Matt Stafford comes out firing and and Jared Goff and that offense is able to answer. Yeah, I, I feel like both those scores are about where I see this thing playing out. I think it's going to be very very tight. The only game I'm looking forward to this weekend more than this one is Packers Cowboys. No. Oh my god, I, I want I dude. <laughs> it I am I 
am un I am now I'm not saying this is a bad I, game. I'm just I know, saying I feel I, like there's a slightly more interesting game. No, I, I feel like this this has storylines galore. It's Mike McCarthy versus old team. That's true. It's the Cowboys running into the Packers, which is a historic playoff rivalry. It is a historic playoff rivalry. That's fair. Usually this kicks in next weekend, but we've seen it so many times where the Packers just tear the hearts out of the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm excited for it because Jordan Love is playing in this football game. And Jordan Love absolutely torched the Bears in Week 18 and played his best football from Thanksgiving on and had several key performances where you said, wow, what is this guy's ceiling? I know he's a rookie. I get it. But but the number one thing I'm – yes, redshirt rookie. Good call. The number one thing I am most happy about in these playoffs is that CJ Stroud and Jordan Love are involved. Those Mm. two needed to be involved. The saddest part about these playoffs is there's no Joe Burrow. That is the saddest part about these playoffs. But if in replacement, we got some CJ Stroud and we have some Jordan Love, I'm a big fan. And it's not just Jordan Love. It's these Packers young wide receivers that you and I both rightfully at the beginning of the year panned as, you know, largely a joke. Dontavian Wicks has been absolutely incredible this year. Jaden Reed has been a game changer for them out of a slot. Christian Watson should be ready to play in this game. Romeo Dubs has been good when he's been healthy this year. The Packers and Aaron Jones is still there. And Aaron Jones is still there. They have all their weapons. This is just to give you a run back on yesterday. The two games I think become that become shootouts are. Browns Texans, I think that becomes a shootout, and I think this becomes a shootout. Mm. And I think this is a fantastic game, and the Cowboys are playing their best football. I think that Week 18 win over the Commanders mattered so much. C.D. Lamb and Dak are on a different level right now. They've got Brandon Cooks. They have some guys. Jake Ferguson has been a revelation at tight end for them. And they've got this defense that has slowly gotten back to a point where they're playing good football again. And Micah Parsons is involved. And I just feel like he is going to be a terror in this game for Jordan Love. There's just a lot going on here. And I, I, I don't know. I hope I have you hyped up for this one now, Brock. Because to me, this is the, the game I'm most excited to watch. I, mean, I cannot I, I, wait. It's not that I'm not going to watch and enjoy it. I definitely oh, will. Oh, of course you're going to watch there's it. There's one other I, I game never... that I'm I'm more interested in, uh, which I know we'll get to. But for me, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. Um, I still don't believe in the Cowboys, though. I said it at the beginning of the year. They're either going to miss the playoffs or exit in the first round. I still believe that's possible. Um, now, you know, I'll be honest that it's less possible than – is I think it's less possible, you know, based on the way Dak has been playing, 
um, based on the way their defense has been playing um, than maybe I thought in the beginning of the year. But, you know, let's see. I mean, this is the year that that Dak and that team need to put up or shut up because you can't keep winning 12 games, 10 games, you know, 11 games, however many, you know, games, and then just lose in the first round. You have to go out. You have to win this game. You need to advance uh, to the NFC uh, championship, period. But that's that's what's on the table for them. Uh, and they're doing it against an interesting Packers team. Um you know, there, you know, there's history with this matchup, obviously not only with Mike McCarthy, but like that loss that they had in Lambeau when Des Bryant maybe or may not caught that ball. Like there's some, there's some history in this, in this uh, playoff matchup. So the stakes couldn't be higher for the Cowboys right now, in my opinion. I, I think the, the, if you're talking about like, I think the Cowboys have a lot to lose and the Packers have everything to gain. So I think that matters also in in this matchup. Yeah, I think it matters a lot. I think the only way Mike McCarthy gets fired is if he loses this weekend. Yep. I think there is a very, very real chance that if he makes it to next weekend, Jerry just says, okay, fine, we'll we'll run it back. But if they lose this weekend, he's gone. The Cowboys have major questions. But as much as I love Jordan Love, this is not this is not the Cowboys weekend to lose. They do, they don't lose on wild card weekend. That's that's typically not when the Cowboys implosion happens. Cowboys implosion week is next week when they go play San Francisco or whoever <laughs> they end up facing. Like Cowboys being embarrassed by the 49ers happens next week. They have to get there. I think they get there. I think this is a shootout. I think Dak plays incredibly well. I think he yeah, guns a young guy in Jordan Love that I think has a very high ceiling. I think the Packers are on the right track, but the defense is still bad. They still are led by Joe Barry. Oh, yeah. It, like... That that still exists. Jair Alexander has not played well over the past month. I don't think he's going to really stand a chance against C.D. Lamb. I'll take the Cowboys in this one. I I I, I and I mean what I said. This is the highest scoring game of the weekend. Cowboys, forty five. Packers, thirty eight. Wow. Um. I'll, I will admit I am a little biased when I'm picking this game, but I'm taking the Packers 28 to 20. You really think ultimate Cowboys embarrassment this year? I, I think, I think, I do think that we're just on a collision course of them sucking everyone in this week and people saying, oh man, look how great Dak played. And then next week, I, yeah, I mean, the, the, the Niners drop a hammer that, on That's them. very possible, right? And in all honesty, that's probably what will happen. But I'm sticking with my take that I had in the beginning of the year. They're just going to lay an egg and the Packers are going to, you know, do enough. Yeah. And if all I'm right. wrong, I'm wrong. <laughs> all right. I want you to introduce this next game because you you said is it the this game is that the I game think you're right, we'll most ex, you're most excited for, and personally, I don't understand that. So I hope you can. Well, talk we'll, we'll, we'll see one. if I didn't actually say which game it is. So we'll see if you know which which game I'm talking about. Well, 
go ahead and go ahead and, and, and I, I want it. I want to hear what you think the game is. Well, the only NFC game remaining. No, not at all. Oh, oh, we we actually talked about the AFC games yesterday, but I do want your thoughts. Okay, so I'll be t- brief. Tell then. me, tell me your be most brief excited then. game. Yes, I am very excited to see Joe Flacco in yep. the playoffs. Yeah, and yeah. against CJ Stroud, I, I think that outside of the Lions Rams game. Okay, okay, is... okay. Pause. Let's do this. You and me back and forth. I'll go. I'll go first, so you have time to think. Okay. Let's rank these from yeah. most excited to least excited. Okay. okay. For me, number one, Packers Cowboys. Number two, Rams Lions. Number three, Browns Texans. Number four, Dolphins Chiefs. Number five, Eagles Buccaneers. Number six, Steelers Bills. Okay. Okay. All right. Number one, Browns, Texans. That's my number one. Number two, Lions, Rams. Number three, Packers, Cowboys. Number four, Dolphins, Chiefs. Five, Bill, Bill Steelers, just because I want to see the Bills just destroy the Steelers. And then finally, Eagles, Buccaneers. All right. How you feeling about Joe Flacco this month? I love it. I love everything about it. Uh, I love that Joe Flacco is A, playing football, and B, actually playing well. He's got an amazing defense. Like, this is how Joe Flacco wins another Super Bowl. This is it. Yep. He, yeah. he, he joins a a just, we don't know what's happening on the offensive side of the ball uh, from the quarterback position with the Browns. He joins that situation plays well, is playing with an all-world, all-time defense. This is how they do it. This is how the Browns... Can you imagine if Joe Flacco, of all people, takes the Browns and wins the Super Bowl? It would be wild. That would be like the wildest thing that has happened in football in my existence, I think. I'm struggling to think of anything wilder. That would be wild. And then who are they playing? They're playing a legit rookie jordan love fake rookie okay a legit rookie who took his team from nothing from the basement to the playoffs also, and, a rookie, and a rookie head coach like that that this matchup is i i don't think i'll be mad if either team wins <laughs> this is the best best playoff game simply because i'll be happy with either outcome also joe flacco is 38 yeah, if Joe Flacco wins the Super Bowl. The only quarterbacks older than Joe Flacco to win a Super Bowl will be, and these names are insane: Tom Brady. No, granted, noted uh, as expected. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady oh. again, and Tom Brady again. That Peyton Manning Super Bowl is. Um... He was just a body. Yeah, he was just a body. That is true. He, so it's he, really he, just Tom Brady. He literally <laughs> threw a two-point conversion, and that was it. But yeah. All right. But uh, yeah, exactly. But like if I said to you, that's awesome. If, if I said to you, hey, listen, there's going to be a quarterback who's almost forty that's going to guide a AFC team that hasn't had major success in decades to the playoffs, you would have said that's Aaron Rodgers. 
And <laughs> I oh told my you that God, if he beats for Ravens along the way. Oh man. Ugh. That's, that's what I'm saying. This is the best time. This is the best possible timeline. That is true. So anyway, that's, that's why that's why that's my number one game. But I, I forgot that you guys already went over the AFC AFC wildcard games. Uh, but yeah, I am so excited for Browns Texans. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. All right. I need you to sell me on Bucks Eagles, which can't. you won't I can't because do it. it's your, but it's your I will least try. interesting <laughs> game. <laughs> this is a terrible game for multiple reasons. Okay. All right. I'll give you one reason why it might be interesting. Um, it might be interesting to see Baker Mayfield do Baker Mayfield things in the yeah. playoffs. The right? only hope we have is if Fum Baker shows up. But like which he, he Fum the, Baker uh, might be injured. Yeah. Fun that's, Baker. That's yeah, bad. That's the only thing. But like if we get Fun Baker, you know, and it's interesting. Like the only thing we can really hope for is that it's an interesting game. Then that like, you know, the Eagles don't remember that they are the Eagles and, and just, you know, go to town on the Bucks. Um, otherwise it's gonna be boring. But hey, Mike Evans is still Mike Evans. Baker can do fun things. I don't know. I, I Whoever was winning the NFC South was was probably going to be in this position and lose to whoever they're playing, but um, in the wild card. But like, it's not like the Eagles have been super impressive, but they win. Like, they've just won games this whole year despite not looking impressive while doing it, and that's all that matters. So I think it's more of the same. The Eagles win. The Bucks give an accurate representation of the NFC South, which they are all bad at the end of the day. Um, they're just the best of a group of really bad teams, and that's what we get. So I, I think this is the worst game of the whole uh, wildcard weekend. Yes, I agree. This is really tough to watch or care about other than Baker being fun, uh, which is wild to say how far Jalen Hurts really as a player has fallen apart. Uh, over the past month, I know everyone wants to blame Nick Sirianni, but their quarterback hasn't played well. And there's just something our, wrong. I don't know what it is. There's just something since, wrong with the whole team. Since really, really, if you look at his stats, if you look at the way he's thrown, like Jalen Hurts has been bad all year, like from week one on. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think he's been fine. I don't know if he's been bad. I think he's been fine. I, I, but I don't. He's definitely not as... playing at the same level he was last year. Yeah, I don't. But... I, I think he's a reclamation project at this point. If they fire Sirianni, like I, I think. I don't think Sirianni's he... getting fired. They won way too many games. Yeah, I know, but he, here's the timeline: if they bring Sirianni back next year. And Hertz continues to regress, then you have to throw everything out and say, All right, well, we got fooled by one good Jalen Hurts here, and we have to fire our coach, and we have to fire Howie Roseman, and we have to go find a new quarterback. Like, you gotta I just feel like if they lose this game, which by the way, I think they will. I think the Buccaneers win it 24 to 17. Oh my god, really? But yeah, yeah. I, I think I think we get some but I think Fun Baker does show up. And we get ultimate eagles, and we get ultimate eagles collapse. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's I think it's too early to start, you know, sounding the alarm on Sirianni and Hertz. This is only his third year, right? Um, you know, I think I think they're gonna. I think they're at least gonna see out the rest of his contract. So next year, also, 
I don't think you even think about letting the brain trust go until after you see Jalen Hurts next season. And like I said, they won way too many games, but it is wild to me. This tells me, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like you didn't watch enough NFC South football this year. And I don't blame you. Um, there's no way the Bucs are winning this game. <laughs> I'm going to go. Uh, I didn't even think of a score, but the Eagles are winning easily. Um, let's just put 24 to 17. <laughs> all right great same score perfect beautiful i don't think we've picked the same winner one time yet yeah uh, but it's good the good there news was, one of us will be right yeah there was some healthy debate well brack thank you very much for joining me this was fun thank you very much for for bringing your child that, that yeah is, sorry we yeah. i think i accidentally pinched her leg that's why she suddenly started crying so sorry about that that is pure dedication. I didn't even hear anything, so don't worry about it. You know who's not here and who doesn't have a child? Brad. Brad okay. decided to go gambling with someone tonight instead well, of coming win some money. Instead of coming on the podcast. If so he, if, he, if he comes back and says he won some money, it doesn't even as long as he's positive, then it's okay in my book. As long as he won money. If he lost money, then that's bad. <laughs> apparently apparently according to him it was some type of cowboy who was he was gambling with the cowboys money which would well seem this like sounds a, like the beginning of a country song that maybe ends poorly yeah with him getting <laughs> shot in some alleyway um in alberta um but yes hopefully we have the whole gang back monday night man oh man what a fun weekend of football we have ahead. It is going to be fun. All these games will be fun. I think last year was a bad wild card round. But I think this year, the league was so... I don't know if you agree with this or not, Brock. But like last year, there were too many good teams, if that makes sense. This year, there's no real separation outside of the one seeds in each conference. So I think it's going to be an extremely yeah. fun I mean, weekend. A lot of tough injuries, a lot of surprising um, regressions. So yeah, there's more I mediocrity think, um, this year for sure. Yeah. So I think because of that, I think this weekend becomes special and, and fun. Best two weekends of the year. Next two weekends. I, uh, uh, I, and, I, uh, Let's when I was talking, talking when I was talking to my wife about the you know Panther season being over, she was like, "So football's over." I'm like, "No, yeah. we have so much football left. We've got football clear to the end of February." <laughs> Best two weekends of the year, in my opinion. Uh, I would say top five football weekends ranked number one, divisional round weekend, number two. Week one, because it's exciting and fun. Number three, wild card weekend. Number four, Thanksgiving week. Hmm. And number five, uh, Christmas week. The, the week of Christmas, always, always good. Super Bowl doesn't make your top five. Super Bowl's only one game. <laughs> it's a weekend. <laughs> Super Bowl's only one game. And sometimes, actually most of the time, the Super Bowl sucks and is lopsided. It's, it's it's a it's a uh it's a it's football is played on the weekend. You said top football weekends. 
Yes, that is true. <laughs> I, I'm I'm keeping up with Super Bowl though. I yeah. Right. Super Bowl. I put in I put in Super Bowl over Thanksgiving. Otherwise, I don't have a problem with your list. And the only reason for that is, and I think this just may be a, a reflection on on me personally. I just don't get to watch a lot of football on Thanksgiving these days. Used to used to, but now you know kids are running around and you know there's just there's not time to watch football like there used to be. You got to get the kids to football watching age, and that a lot of change. Yeah, we'll see. So. Alright, until next time. Thanks, Brock, for joining us. Thanks to YB and RK. Thanks for all the joys this week. Full crew, Monday night. Beautiful recap of what should be a beautiful weekend. Playoffs.